0: So, we're moving towards the end of the cycle as we venture once again back into the meditative cultivation of equanimity. Seeking to keep the heart equally open to everyone without craving, without aversion. Insofar as we're really unaware of our own internal resources for well-being, feel you know, it's kind of like nothing in there. Then I think equanimity is probably impossible. I think it's probably impossible because whoever we encounter, we're bound. There's just bound to be a question: Can you make me happy? Are you going to make me unhappy? Or are you boring? <laughs> it's three questions, <laughs> you know. Boring means irrelevant. You don't matter to me. Because I don't see I'm going to get anything from you. You don't seem to be a threat. Okay, next. How are you? (laughs) So I think it's hopeless. Insofar as one's oriented towards the hedonic. Insofar as one is unaware of one's own internal resources. Now if there, if one has discovered some degree of contentment within, then there's really, there's really hope. There's really hope. So shamatha is really quite explicitly designed to bring about that sense of contentment, but it's one of those loops. If you have no sense of contentment, how are you ever going to sit down and really practice shamatha effectively? So somehow, you know, you have to get into that that dharma wheel, get enough contentment that you can sit for five minutes or twenty-four minutes and say, "I can, I can handle this. Okay, I'm content to practice twenty-four minutes following something really boring." like watching my breath. (laughs) But there's the catch, and it's right there in the settling the body, speech, and mind in its natural state. And that is if you can be really relaxed, loose, and clear, and be content with that, So the relaxed is kind of non-conceptual. If you're all caught up in rumination, that's just not relaxed, right? It's agitated. And so if you have a quality of non-conceptuality, of just being still, relaxed, but still, right? But not still as in dozing off, losing clarity, falling into dullness, towards sleep, but still and clear, like a bright light, like a bright candle, unflickered, unflickering, unwavering by the wind, if you can be very still and clear. And while being still and clear, be content. Yeah? Be content. It's not complicated. There's no reason to doubt it. You're either content or you're not content. But if you do have that sense of being still, and you are clear, clear enough, clear as you are right now, and you're content just to be there, you're now beginning to unveil. Three qualities of your substrate consciousness: right, the stillness is the non-conceptuality; the clarity is the luminosity of your substrate consciousness, it's not coming from any place else, and just that contentment, that sense this is okay. I don't really feel the need to move, the compulsive, obsessive need to go out and do something to be happy, at least for a little while. This is okay. Then you're doing it right. You're doing it correctly. Right? It's not complicated. It's the first step. So settling the body, speech, and mind sets you up. Then you just proceed on that to deeper stability, deeper clarity, more radiant clarity. And then that contentment gradually turns into feeling kind of good. And that kind of feeling good gives rise to a sense of well-being, sukha, and that gives rise to a sense of beauty or joy or bliss. So as we return to the practice of equanimity, as we bring or invite individuals to mind or let them simply come to mind, if we attend to them from the perspective of coarse mind, our ordinary coarse mind, totally enmeshed in the desire realm, totally enmeshed in desires and what can you do for me, what might you do to me, hopes and fears, then we're just bound to see other people as agreeable or disagreeable, either because of their physical appearance, their behavior, their attitudes, how they treat us. And therefore, we're just right back into the soup of aversion and attraction, hope and fear. Equanimity is nowhere in sight. So, to develop equanimity in a deep and meaningful, lasting sense, then we've really got to be viewing from a deeper perspective. Descending from the coarse, conceptual, hope, fear mind. Well, to the obvious place. More to the substrate consciousness. More to the substrate consciousness. On the coarse mind, people are agreeable, disagreeable. Just like food. I like that food, I don't like that food. Right? But we go deeper. And as we view from the level of substrate consciousness, we can tap more deeply into an extremely important awareness that is absolutely crucial for the cultivation of equanimity, and that is a perceiving of common ground. If we just look around, we see no... if you know, look look at everybody in this room, you see nobody's like you. I mean, some similarities, but we're really different. I point to any person. And I just immediately see differences, just differences. Oh, that's a woman. I'm not a woman. That's a young Mexican eye. I'm not a Mexican guy. That's a... I don't even know what you are, English. But she's certainly not like me. <laughs> and so we just see a whole bunch of differences, you know. But as we're slipping down to the substrate consciousness, on that level, there's this ongoing current carries right on through the dream state, every waking moment, every day, this movement of the substrate consciousness, this continuum of being, this continuum of awareness, always in search of happiness, always continually, constantly, wishing to be free of suffering. And that flow of consciousness it's not anonymous, it's configured. It's configured by past habits, by mental imprints, habitual propensities, configured by memories. It's got karma going along with it. But on that level, you know, we're all configured. And so recognizing there, yep, as we see people be acting out of their behavioral patterns, their habits, their mental afflictions, we recognize I do too. I do too. Sometimes mine, mine, of one flavor will be stronger than yours. Sometimes I'll show greater anger than you do. Sometimes you may show greater pride than I do, etc., etc. But we've all got all of them. Like we're all in a great big hospital ward, and we all have the same diseases. And now here's you know one flaring up here. Oh, there goes there goes envy and then you look out, oh, there goes anger. Oh, oh there goes, you no. Know, oh, oh now it's shifting from envy to anger. You know, but it's all the same diseases and we all have all of them. Until you're in our heart, we all have all of them. So it kind of makes for a lot of common ground and sympathy, wishing that we can all be free. So on that level, substrate conscious level, level of karma, level of continuity, as we attend, as we look, as as if with X-ray eyes, through the superficial veneers, men, women, attractive, unattractive, virtuous, non-virtuous, blah blah blah. You know, we can be any of those. If not in this lifetime, we can definitely be in the next lifetime, right? Some of us will never be particularly attractive in this lifetime, physically. Big deal. Next lifetime. Some people are just so handsome they'll be. They're still good looking when they're 60 or 70. You know, they won't be unattractive. Well. Give them a chance. Next lifetime. (laughs) That karma will run out. Don't worry. And since all the mental addictions are there, they can erupt at any moment. Just catalyze them. Catalyze them. So we're pretty much over in the big picture. We're all capable of anything. And that should give us a lot of ground for equanimity. But then, of course, equanimity is not simply an, an aloof indifference, not simply an evenness, but an evenness of caring, and so if we, as we shift from the coarse mind to the subtle mind, subtle mind we see the common ground. The grounds for empathy, which I really emphasized yesterday. But that's not quite enough. It's kind of like if you're out in the ocean, you know, have a, a ship just sank. And you're among the hundred people on the ship. And you're all just kind of treading water. Out in the middle of the ocean. And the ship just went... And you look around; a hundred people all treading water. You can feel a lot of equanimity for them. You know, some people might tread a little bit longer, some people a little bit longer, a bit shorter, but overall, you're going all to the same place. Blah 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 blah. You know? So equal. You know? I mean, really, do you really want to be the last person up? You'd even be lonely. You'd not only be dying, but you'd be lonely. And that's when you win. You know, you're the one that stays on top the longest. So even even if you win, you lose, right? Because you're all going down. So that would give equanimity, but kind of a hopeless equanimity. Like, I feel equal sympathy for you, you're not a very good swimmer, you're a little bit better, you're quite good, you're going down first, second, third. (laughs) Just the opposite of the royal wave. (laughs) So equanimity, but no juice, no hope, no warmth, no nothing. So for that we need to look deeper that there's hope for every single one. The essence of each one, pristine awareness, primordially pure, luminous, radiant, just waiting to blossom, to be unveiled. Every one. And that's even, absolutely even. No difference between Dalai Lama and, I won't say, some despicable person, you can choose yours, or just whatever person you like, up on the top and up down on the bottom between the Buddhas and the people in the lowest hell realms, whatever you like. No difference on that level. No difference at all. On all the other levels, lots of difference. But not on that level. So there's deep equanimity. But it's deep equanimity filled with reality-based hope. It's hope for everybody. Just give us enough time. There's hope for everybody. So let's practice equanimity. Good idea. It's always a question of balance. Balancing the deepening relaxation of your body, the looseness, the comfort, with a sense of vigilance. Balancing the breath. releasing all effort to keep it running, but also releasing effort to restrain it in any way. By a deliberate act of will, free yourself from your own shackles of hopes and fears concerning the past and the future. Let it go, these hedonic fixations. And contentedly come to rest in the present moment. Your eyes can be open for a little while, open presence, just being here, open to what is coming in, without movement, and clear. And then to help break up old patterns, old habits. You may, if you wish, bring to mind a person for whom you have felt and perhaps continue to feel strong attachment, a sense of hope. A sense of being deeply reliant upon this other person, someone outside, to provide you with what you need, what you want, your relationship filled with expectation, hope, and then implicitly fear. Allow the attachment to arise as you attend to this person with your coarse mind, your hedonic mind. And look more deeply, as if from your substrate consciousness. In any case, look more deeply until you see the common ground, until you see someone, essentially, just like yourself, with whom you can deeply empathize from your core, From this I-you relationship, seeing someone with whom you feel deep sense of kinship, breathe out, breathe in. Breathe out the light of loving kindness. Breathe in with the aspiration of compassion. Direct your attention, if you will, towards someone with whom you feel a troubled relationship, for whom aversion, perhaps even stronger sentiments of negativity, arise. Allow that aversion to occur, to be experienced. the disappointment, perhaps even disgust or contempt. Then look through the appearances until you've probed deeply enough that you find someone just like yourself. The same aspirations, the same hopes and fears. The same wish for happiness and freedom from suffering. The same Buddha nature, the same capacity for freedom. Breathe in, breathe out, as before. Then direct your attention towards a more neutral person, perhaps even one for whom you feel aloof indifference, not caring much one way or another. Bring this person vividly to mind. Probe beneath or beyond the appearances and practice as before. and simply open up your awareness as if in settling the mind in its natural state and see who comes to mind either individually or collectively and with an even heart breathe in, breathe out practice as before Release all appearances and in stillness, in quiet and in contentment rest your awareness right where it is, knowing itself. So. A fair number of you, in terms of your daily formal sessions, are still practicing in the range of about six hours or so, which means if you're sleeping for eight hours, that's ten hours left over. That's a lot of time. I must say I'm a little bit wonder how do you spend your time? There's so little to do here. If we were in Disneyland, I could understand We go out on rides, but we don't even have any rides. We can only eat that much. We only get three meals a day. If we had six meals a day, then you could spend a lot more time eating. So, ten hours, awful lot of time. During those ten hours, as frequently as you can, if you can just stop, get out of the old compulsive, obsessive habit of being always in motion to go somewhere that you're not. And to do something that you haven't been doing it's just that addiction driven by discontent. I don't want to meditate. I need to be moving someplace. Any place other than where I am right now. Oh, crap, I'm still right where I am right now. Oh, I'm still right where I am. Oh, man, I want to go faster. I wish I could just be somebody else in some place else than where I am right now. That's called discontent. Right? So the more you can just be where you are, still, clear, and be satisfied with that, even if it's for five seconds. Sprinkle as many handfuls of that seasoning, of five seconds here and ten seconds there, as many as you can during those ten hours. Okay. So try to elevate the other ten hours. I'm not chastising anybody for not practicing formally more than six hours. What you can do is, what can you do? That's fine. But whatever is left over, try to elevate it as much as you can. Not just, I'm mindful, but try that stillness, even if it's just for seconds. Still, clear, and content. And season the in-between sessions as much as you can with that. That'll make it a lot easier to go back into formal sessions, and maybe even add one, or (laughs) ten. Do enjoy your day, though. That's most important. Enjoy your day.